Hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of podcast with me, Russell Davis. When I help someone identify the limiting beliefs behind their stuckness or their struggle to create what they want, one of the most common questions I get asked is whether it's possible to let go of these lifelong beliefs. And the truth is, it is. In this episode, I explore why that's the case and how it's easier than you imagine. Well, let's dive in and find out. Quite a common question I get asked is, can you change lifelong beliefs? People often think they've had a way of thinking for so long they can't imagine ever changing or changing feels like an impossible task. Um, Is it possible to change these lifelong beliefs? And my answer is yes, I do believe that. I've seen it in myself and I've seen it with my clients. Some forms of therapy believe you have to reparent yourself and that can take many, many years. Um, I don't believe that. Um, Change can happen pretty quickly. Um, I once read a book, um, a self-help book, and it's kind of Navy SEAL type author, or it was an ex-Navy SEAL. And in the introduction it said, and if you implement these strategies in this book and it can't fail to improve your life, your relationships, your wealth, all sorts of things, aspects of life, I thought it was a very bold statement because they're not saying the strategies aren't helpful or useful. But the thing is, when we're hijacked, mentally hijacked, we have fear, anxiety or worry, we often don't have the mental capacity to apply these great tools and techniques. And we have people saying, you know, this is my nine-step strategy to whatever success or wealth is created in their life. And... It may be the nine steps they followed, look back, and those are the things they did in their lives. But it probably worked for them because it came from their heart, their soul, it was insights of intuition. And it worked for them because it came from within them. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone else. It doesn't mean it becomes this formula that works. So there are millions and millions of self-help books out there with tools and techniques And they generally don't work because they're fighting thought with thought. They're trying to put in some helpful thinking when you've got unhelpful thinking. It becomes this mental battle of fighting thought with thought. That's why it generally doesn't work. I don't know how many times people have read self-help books. I've been there myself. Oh, this book's going to change my life. And we're really excited about it. And we're really going to start following these processes and these techniques. And then a few weeks later, it's soon forgotten. We're back to our habitual way of being. I think that's why there's millions of self-help books out there. If there's one that really worked, then we'd all know about it. I think change happens not in our heads, in our cognitive thinking. That's where the problem lies. That's where the problem lies. I think and people just, if I just try to describe what I do with my clients, I described the other day to someone saying, it's like subtractive psychology. I like to think I help take things off people's minds have them have a quieter mind not have different thinking 
but to have less thinking. Not to replace the fearful thinking with positive thinking, but to have less on their mind. You see, change happens in, my, in the way I see it through insights, through realisations. You have those moments where something's just struck you, you've seen something afresh. I often get people to look at the, the FedEx logo, and if you look at the FedEx logo, probably for a very familiar logo, but if you look, there's actually an arrow between the, um, the E and the X. It's the white space between the letters, there's an arrow. And I don't know where that was designed in there, maybe it was because they had a delivery company, maybe it's... It's a coincidence, but if you ask people to look for the arrow in the logo, often they won't see it. They give them a hint, saying, oh, it's, it's white, it's in the white space, and it strikes them. You see that moment, they go, ah, oh, there it is, there it is. They can't believe they couldn't see it. And every time they look at that logo from then on, they'll see the arrow. It's like the Amazon logo. There's an arrow between the A and the Z in, in, in the word Amazon more common but still some people aren't aware of that and when people see it for the first time it's ah there it is never noticed that and you can't unsee it from then on because the thing about these realizations these insights is they bring you closer to reality they bring you closer to reality we see things with greater perspective it's about having a change of heart not a change of thought It's like having a friend or acquaintance you think you know and trust. You find out something new about them. You have a change of heart. Maybe you've known them for many, many years. You find out something new, suddenly you see them in a different light. You have a change of heart. Next time you think about that person, you don't have to remember to apply the new way of thinking. You've had a change of heart. You held on to beliefs for some time that a change of heart, whether it was believing in Father Christmas or the Tooth Fairy, very sorry if I just shattered your um, beliefs on that. But yeah, but at some point you had a change of heart. And it's about hearing things afresh. It's about having a quiet mind to hear something new. We get insights, we get answers to problems, solutions, ideas, when we're not actively thinking about the problem. Perhaps we're in the shower or walking the dog, driving. Our mind is just free to wander and we have fresh thinking coming. We have a quieter mind and fresh thoughts can come in. When we're trying really hard, we often have a busy heart, busy mind. We're trying too hard out of fear maybe. We're trying to fight thought with thought. There's no space for fresh thoughts, a change of heart to come in. It's about listening to ourselves in a different way. I had a a friend who's a a coach and he's written very successful books and he sometimes works with clients on a three-day intensive. They spend a lot of money working with him. And he had one client and after the first session, the first day, kind of so mid-morning, then they had a break. They came back from the break and uh, actually just it was before lunch. And the client has said to, to my friend, hey, you need to up your game. You're just regurgitating your book. You really need to up your game. And my friend really kind of rattled by that a little bit. And over lunch, he's thinking, hey, what do I do? What do I do here? 
his clients spend a lot of money and he's not getting the value from it. And how do I want my game? What do I need to do? And he had a realization, he had an insight. He doesn't need to up his game. The client needs to up his, his game in listening. He's listening to reinforce what he thinks he knows or find out something new. And that's what often we tend to do. We listen in a way that we're trying to find out something new or reinforce what we think we know. We're listening from our model of the world that isn't working for us. We're not listening with a quiet mind. We're listening through intellectual thinking. So after lunch, my friend said to his client, I think you need to up your listening game. It helps him see perhaps he's listening to reinforce what he thinks he knows or find out that new thing. He's not listening with a complete beginner's mind. He's not listening with a quiet mind. For many years, um, I'd pray and uh, I was part of a church and we'd sometimes do silent prayer and I never got silent prayer. I could never hear anything. never felt connected to, to God. And I realised it's because I had a busy mind. And a dear friend, when I was going through a very, very difficult time, she attempted suicide a number of times, and um, she'd come across kind of mindfulness meditation, and and it changed her life. And she lent me a book, said, it's changed my life, you know, I'd love you to read it so you understand what's made a difference in my life. And I read it, I've never been into meditation, but I thought, wow, let's give it a go. And just practicing some simple meditation techniques really helped to quieten my mind. And it really helped me see how much of a busy mind I had. And I really felt connected to what I call now the energy of life. I mean, maybe use the word God, but the loving energy of life. I just felt connected and one with it and... I felt more peace within myself. And that was the beginning of my whole personal development journey. Because suddenly I was able to hear new insights, realisations. I felt less stuck. Change felt more possible. I remember listening to a talk and I realised I was listening through my thinking again. So I just got quiet. Just got quiet. Let the talk wash over me. A bit like a meditation. And I heard things deep within my eyes. I started crying at some point because it really touched my soul, touched my heart. I couldn't confidently tell you what it was I'd heard or what it was that really spoke to me. But it really stirred me. I really felt something within me. I felt a release. I felt a love. I felt... The talk was speaking to my soul, not my intellectual mind. It's those times sometimes you're listening to a talk or in a room and you feel like that speaker is speaking to you, just you, because it's really going in deep. It's really resonating in your heart and your soul, not just your intellect. Which is why I don't really tend to, talk, to teach tools and techniques to my clients. That help them have that deeper experience in their heart and their soul. And it's not like flicking a switch. 
we have an insight of realization doesn't mean like the scales fall from our eyes and we're never the same again. Sometimes they're little realizations, little insights, and as we continue to have those, they build up, they build up. I liken it sometimes learning to ride a bike. You watch a child learn to ride a bike, they find that feeling of balance, but sometimes they soon fall off. And they get back on, they find it a little bit quicker, they stay in it longer. Each time they do that, they're deepening their connection to, to gravity, to balance. And these insights can move us along in this way, but sometimes habitual thinking kicks in again. But these insights, the more we continue to explore life from this space, having a quieter mind to have insights and realizations, it's right sometimes working with someone can make all the difference because you can't surprise ourselves. But even listening to a talk in a quieter way, when I give resources and talks to my clients, I encourage them to be doing something while listening it's working out or commuting or driving or cooking whatever it may be you listen in a more relaxed way you're not trying to focus on it I don't let clients make notes in sessions it's about having an experience if you're making notes you're keeping it intellectual so I encourage you to maybe explore life from this this space not trying to reinforce what you think you know or find out something you don't know if you allow yourself to have a beginner's mind as you listen to someone, a friend or colleague, and a beginner's mind as you listen to yourself, you might begin to sense that still soft voice within, your truth, your innate wisdom, your instinct, your intuition, that's a place of love for yourself and love for others. It's those insights, it's that little voice that guides us back home who we really are, our true self, that's drowned out by the brass band of thinking in our head. There's this still soft voice of truth, of love. That's who we really are. That's our innate well-being, our innate confidence, our innate worthiness, our innate well-being. Have fun. Having your beginner's mind. And you may be surprised what insights and realizations help you on your journey. Loving you.